Thank you for checking out the Long Run Podcast. As you probably know, being a young adult is sometimes just as confusing as it can be exciting. Our 20s and 30s bring about many life-altering decisions and seasons of change. How we decide to live through those seasons will directly impact us in the long run. Our vision for this podcast is to help you make your life count by knowing Jesus, loving Him, and becoming like Him daily. Having said that, here's the next episode of the Long Run Podcast. But do, do you have to have any sponsors this week? Last week was the uh, was the orange. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that that's all be my joke. We, too, yeah, the yeah. Hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. We can. <clears throat> there we go. It's going again. We'll just drink okay. your water. And we'll just have to remove you from the interview for a <laughs> Well, we might have to do that. So, is that tape going to stay on the table? I'm, I'm, we can be sponsored by that. Okay, we can be sponsored by that. Well, uh, thank you all for joining us today. Uh, we're all matching here with our Memphis Tiger gear on right now. Uh, Jeff, nice polo. Thanks, man. We and, didn't plan this, though. This is one of those things that just sort of happened, right? Yeah. So. It tends to happen to me. Yeah, you know, I know. When the 80 it's, shows up, people wear the colors. You, you know? got to, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> sure. right. Give a good impression. Right. <laughs> I'll just casually grab that Memphis Tigers flag off the wall, and I'll just say, well, I just thought I'd have this over here with me, too. Uh, well, Laird, thank you. Uh, sorry. Was, I said uh, we just want to represent, that's all. You know, so. Jeff, technically I'm the host, so when okay. I talk. Sorry. Go, know, ahead. I, Go ahead, Weston. <laughs> I was going to introduce our guests here, but you're a co-host too, so I'll let oh, it slide. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Laird, thank you for joining us, man. Uh, if you don't mind, just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself real quick. Oh, you know, you, how long have you been here in Memphis? I've been in, uh, in Memphis um, right at six months. So I think actually today might be almost exactly my sixth month anniversary of being, being well, here and being on the job. So. Happy anniversary. Happy yeah, anniversary. it's been a, been a wild six months. I bet. Yeah. 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 Cotton Bowl. And yep, Cotton Bowl had, uh, had some challenges with yeah. uh, a few things going on with uh, the NCAA and others. And it made you course, a wise man. Uh, yeah, right. Sorry, and now, sure. now dealing wise with man. the... <laughs> A pandemic on top of it. It's been I know, right? know, busy for six months, but it's but it's good. People yeah. have been super receptive. The people in Memphis have been uh, truly awesome. They they obviously love the Tigers, but they're also just real open arms, kind of you know very welcoming. It's it's been good. Well, aside from sports, Memphis is the home of barbecue. Have you gotten any good barbecue in the past six months? It's probably you know, too the much. other the other thing about this job is you eat out a lot because you end up you know meeting with different donors and it, what, the barbecue is really the all the events you know because mm-hmm. that's like the you know the thing that everybody caters the so, yeah. so right so <laughs> I've actually tried to not go out to barbecue as much just because I get so much better different events but mm-hmm. I love it I, you know I grew up in uh, in Kansas so um, Kansas City barbecue is, mm-hmm. is a big deal Memphis is, is better I, oh, I'll be clear. Hey, that's <laughs> but, impressive but, yeah we but uh, <laughs> but I do love it it's it's great. He that's, knows his audience is, is from Memphis. That's exactly. So. I was trying to think of a joke there. So, <laughs> so you from Kansas area? Didn't you play football at Kansas State? Is I right? did. Yep. Yeah. I grew up in Manhattan, Kansas, where K State is, and then uh, and then played football there in the early nineties. Um, so uh, it dates me. It makes me feel older and older when I say those things. But so. Um, uh, the the K State football story is uh, Bill Schneider. I don't know if you sure. all heard the, heard, heard about him, yeah. Coach, but mm-hmm. he had just gotten there in '89, and then I was part of his first kind of full recruiting class, and came there in '90, and and then we turned it around. So it was a really neat neat time for him. Gone literally from the worst program in the history of college football to, you know, we were in top 20 and going to bowl games and yeah. all that. So it was yeah. a really neat neat experience. He's a legend as far as that's concerned. I know there were even. Uh, uh, 
when I lived in Kansas, there were customized vans that were called Bill Snyder vans. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like, they took him seriously, like, oh, yeah. purple leather and everything. If you it's, can name anything after Bill Snyder in Manhattan, it's, uh, you know, they'll yeah, do it. That's yeah. pretty much the way it is. When he earned it. Now, when you were playing ball, uh, what position did you play? I played linebacker. Inside, outside? Uh, mainly outside, so we played a 4-3. I played uh, one of the two outside backers most of my career. Played a little inside my senior year. But, yeah. And did you go to high school in Kansas as well? Mm-hmm. Which, Manhattan, yep. Kansas? Yeah, okay. right there in Manhattan. Yep. So high school football, college football, and now in sports. How long have you has your career been in sports? I'm not trying to date you. like. You no, said. no, no, really. It, uh, all, all my career has been in one way, shape, or form has been in college athletics. Uh, I have moved around quite a bit, which is, uh, tends to be kind of part of the profession. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, I, and I was, I spent about almost seven years on the corporate side. I worked for uh, Learfield Sports oh, uh, yeah. and, and uh, you know, multimedia rights, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. For, I was their general manager at Mizzou for a few years, and then I was a v, one of the first vice presidents that oversaw other, as they were growing different properties, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I've been working in athletic administration really ever since. So. That's awesome. I bet that's exciting. And uh, like you said, the past six months moving here has been probably a little chaotic, a lot of crazy, uh, <laughs> just trying to understand a, a new program and everything coming into. How would you describe, so you've, you've worked in sports about all of your life. Mm-hmm. How would you describe your career in three words, if you could, mm-hmm. to the best you really um, You know, I appreciated the heads up on a couple of these questions. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that was the one that I really appreciate because it's, it's one you kind of want to reflect on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the words that came to mind were, first of all, is friendship. Just because you do, it is very much a, and most professions are, but very much a people-oriented profession. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's coaches, student athletes, uh, campus folks, donors, and fans. You know, media community. There's so many you know relationships that are built through it, um, and that's what that's what you enjoy. It's just all the different people that you meet by moving around the country and going to these different places. It just mm-hmm. really quickly inserts you into every community, and and that's um, a real easy way to kind of break the ice because everybody wants to talk about sports. You know, uh, so I enjoyed that part of it. Um, adventure is probably the other one because it has mm-hmm. been. Um, an adventure that you know my wife and I neither one necessarily anticipated. We knew that it would require some moving, but probably more so than what we thought. And to end up in places like Memphis, and sure. we were in Florida, and never would have imagined we were in Florida and Texas and <laughs> other places that you, you know, growing up in Kansas, you don't necessarily expect to end up in some of those kind of places. So it's been a been a real um, real adventure. And then uh, blessing is the third third word because it's um I've I've truly enjoyed it. It's yeah. been it, it is challenging and it can be stressful and you know but shoot what job isn't right. these days, you know. Exactly. Uh, and you just you get to experience so many things in this kind of role that you know normally you just you wouldn't you wouldn't have the opportunity to do, you know, particularly at the ages that I've been able to do them. It's been it's been remarkable. Mm. Very blessed. That's good. Well, tell us, you mentioned your wife in this process and the adventure with her. Tell us about your wife and your kids. Just give us sort of an overview. There. Yeah. So um, my wife and I uh, both grew up in Manhattan. So she, we grew up a block apart. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I was her paper boy. That's the cute <laughs> little story we always like to tell. Um, uh, and, uh, and she was actually a, a grade younger than me, um, below me and all throughout and she actually dated a uh, teammate of mine um, <laughs> who was in her class most of uh, our high school life and then um, the summer before uh, my sophomore her freshman year in college we both went to k-state we worked together at a sporting goods store and she had broken up with her boyfriend and you know so we, we got together started dating and we dated on and off um 
through college, then got engaged when we uh, both were in grad school at Texas, and you know, we, we she jumped into this crazy life with me, <laughs> and she's been you know my best friend, the biggest biggest supporter, and you know, we've been very blessed. Um, and we have four children, so we have uh, three teenage girls, all of which, all of whom are at home right mm. now with uh, with the the pandemic. So uh, my uh, oldest, who's who just is finishing her freshman year at K State came back of course um we have a sophomore and an eighth grader all three girls and then our son uh we adopted is 10 we adopted him when he was two and um yeah he's going to the campus school up here and, oh fun yeah it's been it's been great so. that's awesome that's cool so from a young adult perspective because that's what this podcast is about mm-hmm. you know the name of it is we call it the long run because of about the decisions uh we believe young adults are obviously in an important time in their mm-hmm. life where the smallest to the biggest decisions you make can really change where you end up in the long run. So we want to mm-hmm. challenge young adults to make their life count as it pertains to following Christ and uh, not wasting uh, your life. So I'm a young adult, so asking from the perspective, if you could share any piece of advice as it goes to following Christ within your life, your family, your work life, mm-hmm. what's some advice that you would share to young adults? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get the question quite a bit just being in a college setting and uh, particularly being in a in a profession that a lot of young people want to get into it seems you know sure. I get a lot of questions and people reaching out of how do I how do I get involved or if I am you know that the young kind of entry-level type of position within a department somewhere how do I get your job you know how do I <laughs> what do I what do I do how do I progress um, and you know what my my typical answer is is truly embracing where you're at and 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 the moment and the people you're with um which you know sounds very basic but i think proves to be really really hard to do particularly it seems for young people today you know they're um uh very very driven uh, but there's this sort of they want to accelerate from where they're at now to you know this kind of job and that i've been in this profession profession 25 years and I've just now became an athletic director you know so it takes time but and the and the adventure is a big part of the fun I mean that's you know mm-hmm. so it, it, particularly when you're in a role like this where you do move around a little bit it can be hard to kind of um, embrace those kind of relationships knowing that you know you're likely aren't going to be there forever right, right? Um, you know now the older you get and the, and the more you get into roles like this they tend to last longer and you want them to but um, when you're young you're kind of moving around so um so you got to just really embrace the the role, the 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 place, the people you're with, um, mm-hmm. and life becomes so much more fulfilling, you know, when you when you do that. Um, and I see a lot of people sort of hold back and mm-hmm. and not be willing to deeply dive into relationships and really truly embrace whatever role they're in just as well as they can without worrying about the next one or you know thinking about networking and doing all the things you do instead of just just being and being being good whatever it is whether that's being a professional or being a a friend or a neighbor or whatever it is just you know truly embracing it sure because i think it's huge reminds me of uh joseph in scripture Uh, there's a guy who got sold into slavery by, by his brothers and while he was a slave he fully served got promoted as a slave uh <laughs> got in trouble got wrongly accused went to jail but even in jail he served faithfully mm-hmm. and became a leader in the jail and then was remembered and went in and uh, when he had the opportunity he never intended to be in front of pharaoh the king 
but became second in command because of his faithfulness in the smallest places. Mm -hmm. So that's good. I like that because that's what a lot of young people, young adults, sometimes they just totally miss it because they're Mm -hmm. looking beyond where they are. Right. Right. You know, and I say that speaking from experience too, that I remember that age when I, you know, when I had, it was all about what's next. Mm -hmm. And, and I look back on that and, uh, while I think I got to a point where I, I figured that out and figured out how it was sort of damaging my, my, um, my life and my, my productivity work, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do remember that feeling and how Mm -hmm. hard it is not to, you know, be thinking about the next thing and just Mm -hmm. embracing where you're at. That's good. Mm -hmm. I guess too, we're just, like you said, we're always wanting to advance. And I, some of the best advice I picked up on is, you know, when you're trying to discern God's will, you know, your purpose, your career, all those things, that's what you typically ask. You know, it's Lord, the first step is what I learned was, okay, Lord, I know I'm not going to get a roadmap now. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to see every, <laughs> you know, I may want to go be, you know, study supply chain and go into this field. But even if you don't know, walking in with a general business major, where am I going to end up? And you're asking this question to the Lord, you know, what's next now? What's mm-hmm. next? But then you can almost ask it too much, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. And you get caught up to where you're not looking where you're planted. And you're right. not owning where you're at. So that's a, right. that's a big piece of advice. Yeah. And I think, and I look back now, and I, I'm glad I didn't have a roadmap. Uh, I, at the time, you desperately want one. Mm-hmm. But now, looking back, it, it would have it ruined it. You know, because yeah. it is such an adventure. And, and there are so many things that I would have never, ever guessed or I probably would have resisted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure I would have resisted. Um as opposed to just allowing God to, you know, direct your path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, go ahead. I was going to ask how uh you're talking about God directing your path. How did uh your relationship with with Jesus begin? Sort of how how did that all get started and mm-hmm. what what uh f- was formulative in your years as far as your faith. Yeah. So, um, I, I grew up very much in a Christian household. So, um, kind of the traditional, um, Christian household. My, uh, my folks, uh, were, uh, really poor Western Kansas farmers. So, um, the story I like to tell there is my grandpa. So my mom's dad actually grew up in a dugout. I don't know if you know what a dugout is, but back in the Dust Bowl, there was they, they grew up in the Dust Bowl in a dugout, which is basically a room dug out wow. the side of a hill. You know? Oh, wow. So, okay. um, so you, you fast forward from there to, you know, my mom's had a very, very blessed life. But now to where I've been, it's, you know, it's amazing how, how just, you know, one generation separated. Things mm-hmm. have changed. But so um, my folks were, um, you know, dedicated Christians. My dad actually sold life insurance for a company called, it's now Thrivent Financial. It used to mm-hmm. be Aid Association for Lutherans. So we grew up in, um, you know, fairly, fairly small uh, Lutheran church there in Manhattan, Kansas. But my dad, um, because he worked with Lutherans all across, in the region, we would spend a lot of time going to small town Christian or Lutheran churches all mm-hmm. around the area in different, different ways, shape or form. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I had that upbringing, but then, um, you know, I, I really, uh, I attest my, my sports, um, background, the, the, um, sporting friendships, relationships, teammates, um, and definitely got involved with FCA mm-hmm. at, at a pretty, pretty high level when I was, when I was in high school. And that's where I say my, my kind of, personal walk really really began i had the i had the base but um grew up more in the i really grew in the in the fca in high school and then you know some in college as well Mm -hmm. that's great what uh do you have any uh scripture that maybe means something special to you Mm -hmm. that you'd be willing to share for young adults that that yeah i think you know particularly for um 
you know, for this audience. Uh, I thought a little bit about that too, but um, uh, uh, one verse and uh, Romans 12 two, which I learned as do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what is the will of God, what is his good, acceptable and perfect will. Mm. And um, that's just a, a verse I, I picked up on when I was young and I've, I've that's probably been the one that I've held on to the most at different times, uh, particularly when I've, when I have uh, moments or decisions or challenges that sort of, you know, the worldly view versus the, versus the Christian view, mm-hmm. and and um, you know, ha- use that as sort of a guide. But um, you know, the, the first part of that verse to me is is fairly obvious. You know, especially for us Christians that that, that fight that battle every day to mm-hmm. not be conformed to the you know the world mm-hmm. around us. But um, I used to always struggle with. Uh, but I, I kind of put that in three parts, the second and third part. Um, and, you know, the, the third part, skipping to there, um, we used to always kind of intimidate me, the, the, the perfect part, that you can prove what is God's perfect will, but it's his will. It's not, that's, that's, the, that's the point. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you, you talked earlier about um, kind of knowing what your path is, mm-hmm. um, I think it's, it is, it's so important to, to not be conformed to the world and really live by faith um, in the decisions we make and the things we do, because you're never really going to know, you know, what's God's will is ahead of time. But by living that way and then going going through these different stages in life and the decisions we've made and the paths we've taken, you can look back on it and know and be very confident that it was God's will. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know the the middle part of that, the renewing of your mind. Um, I used to struggle with some too. And what I've found that to be is, is just that daily walk, you know, it's the, you know, getting up in the morning and praying and, and, you know, reading scripture and, and particularly being in it with a, a small group of, of people that can, you know, help guide you. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, uh, you know, renewal to me is, is it's not something do necessarily it's it's renewing it's it's repeating the things you already know but you need that constant renewal in your life because you know christianity in the worldly you know in the world that we live within um is so um anti everything around is you've got to have that constant come back because of because of sin and the things that pull us in the other direction so you've got to have that renewal in your life or you just you just can't you can't maintain it you know so um that's the yeah that's the I love that that's a great passage mm-hmm. great verse as far as it goes I would say you know to your faith day to day and I don't know if you can provide like a unique perspective with your job and mm-hmm. you're having to transform your mind daily renew your mind mm-hmm. daily and choose to feed the spirit rather than feeding the flesh is there any like is there a unique pers- perspective that you can provide from like your job will you have to do that um you know I think uh you know, in a role like mine, um, it can be challenging at times because you, for one, um, you have a lot of decisions you got to make. Um, and you're also doing in a, in a more of a secular setting, you know? So Mm -hmm. there, there's times when it's just, you know, to, you know, just lean in on, you know, the sort of, you know, Christian mindset, um, may it sometimes almost feel like you're not supposed to do that. Um, 
I've actually found it though to be a real strength uh, because you know I, I you, there's a lot of talk in sort of leadership about you know having your core values and sticking to you know doing the right things etc and some of the challenges that it can how why that can be difficult in a setting like mine where there's such high stakes and high pressure and the money's evolved and the and the competitive piece and the and the you know just the visibility of it mm-hmm. and so there can be some some things that make that difficult for people but um, because of that sort of faith background, I've found it, it's, it, it keeps your sort of true North really clear. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't really struggle with, um, necessary, necessarily the, the, the moral or ethical decisions as much. Cause I, I know, you know, I, sure. I lean on that and I've got that, that background. So I think it's a, it becomes a real strength. Um, and it keeps things, um, keeps things clear, uh, to, um, to have that, you know, just that, that, um, faith perspective. Yeah. That's good. I, I like when you said true North and, and, a part of the, uh, visibility of, of what we're trying to do, the, the graphic that Weston's been working on has a compass mm-hmm. and right before, you know, this person is standing at the edge of a, a mountain about to decide where they're headed. And so I think you've really pinpointed something that I think students and young adults, need to have sort of a direction of their core values Mm -hmm. about what they believe, who they follow, where their morals are based on scripture before they enter into the world. I think Mm -hmm. one of the best pieces of advice somebody gave me when I was a teenager, they said, uh, you know, have an answer before the question is asked. Mm -hmm. In other words, know what you believe about certain things, have standards, have convictions, have direction. Uh, it may not be that you have everything identified like the roadmap you guys are talking about, but, mm-hmm. but that true North means that you already have an actual compass that's taking you where you're headed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but in the process, it's, it's, you're able to answer questions as they come because you've already established what your foundation is. Right. That's good. And I have, I have found it to be, um, it's, easier to stay consistent and uh you know you 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 particularly again early on as a young person in a career you you see people advance by doing things they shouldn't do right i mean it's it happens all the time and 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 people advance that frankly you know that their their um their their ethics their morals are not the same as yours Mm -hmm. um and so it can get frustrating or you there's times when you'll wonder you know can i really get ahead if i'm not if i'm not going to be cutthroat if i'm not going to be that that kind of person and Mm -hmm. um then you know the value of um having more years now looking back on it what you see is um there's there's successes but they tend to you know rise and fall and you know just by staying consistent and being true to your heart over time it may not happen as fast as it does for others right. but you it's a sustainable path and, like and it becomes yeah. it becomes something that you can maintain over over a lifetime as opposed to um you see those kind of successes but uh, time and again they flame out in whatever way shape or form things yeah. catch up with them um you know and it may be over a period of years but at some point and then they they don't have the value of um, being able to look back and have true pride in what mm. they've done, you know, they may have uh, achieved a certain level or made a certain amount of money, but they don't, you know, the, the true, um, joy in life comes from being able to look back and know that you had an impact and that you were able to, um, to really serve and help others. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, when, when you make decisions that are, 
um, more selfish or not consistent with your values, you, you steal your, that opportunity from yourself, yeah. you know? That's good. Yeah, that is good. Like, I mean, you think about that too, like, uh, non-ethical decisions to get you further and they're not sustainable. Like you said, I thought that was good, mm-hmm. but, and you mentioned the, the compass going off that true North, if your eyes are fixed solely on Jesus, like, and that, that's what you really got to check yourself because you can be a Christian, you can be saved, mm-hmm. you can be teaching a life group or Sunday school class and your eyes not be fixed on Jesus because like you said, it's an every single day thing. Mm-hmm. And you can really measure your heart or, you know, check the temp of your heart, how, you know, however you want to say it, of by what you're doing. And I, I think it was important, like you mentioned earlier, having those guys in your life, having people in your life, guys, girls, you know, people the same gender in a small group with you mm-hmm. or just guys that you know that are your friend that can actually speak into your life mm-hmm. and to keep you in check and so you can tell them things. But coming back to that, when you think about, okay, I want to further in my career, I want to, you're talking about the more sustainable path. And that's, it's beautiful because if you just would be, I'm going to speak to myself, it's like, why don't I just be worried about Jesus? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And because Paul said to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now I'm not saying everything is less important. Well, everything is less important, but I'm not saying not everything is, everything's not important because mm-hmm. you still got bills to pay. You mm-hmm. still have responsibilities that are God ordained, Right. but is he your King and Lord? He, he is your savior, but I mean, you've heard that before, but is he your Lord? And is that who you're keeping in check with and keeping a walk with every day? I think that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you know, the peace that comes from that is incredibly valuable, yeah, right. you know, that, that, you know, just being able to, um, just to know that your, your life's about, about Christ, not yeah. about, you know, all these other things, the, the, the peace and the, the, uh, the confidence that comes from that is remarkable. Yeah. 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 And so many people, that's what they're looking for. Honestly, Mm -hmm. they're, they're even in their attempts to get ahead, they're actually looking for peace. Mm -hmm. Even the verse I think about that says in the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. And a lot of people are having anxiety, having Mm -hmm. issues in their lives related to their heart and their mind. And they, you know, all those things are going on, but they're not thinking how can I have peace? Well, if you back up, it says in those verses in Philippians, it says that um, if you uh, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, make your request known to God. And that's when the peace of God will provide that unexplainable sense of confidence and peace. Mm-hmm. When you're following Christ, you're placing everything in his hands. And uh, it's great. I joke a lot with young adults like yourself he's he's single out there ladies uh but i joke a lot about people that they're trying to find a wife or they're trying to find a husband while they're in college and there's a verse in scripture that says he that finds a wife finds a good thing but the word find is this it means it stumbles upon that's the word Mm. it's the it's the original Mm. word and it doesn't mean you're looking for it means you stumble upon because your eyes are actually fixed on Jesus and he's the one that brings peace he's the one that brings direction and as you're following Jesus you'll stumble upon somebody else that's following Jesus and that's it all ties in with peace and mm-hmm. I'm not trying to just talk about your relationships no, Western or anything like that <laughs> thanks just, for calling me out okay <laughs> my wife would make it clear that I stumbled under her too <laughs> you stumbled I, I didn't her. earn her I didn't earn it I'm sure <laughs> oh that's no doubt. Yeah, I'm I married up. Everybody that knows me knows that I'm married up. Yeah, me too. Out, out punning my coverage is what we say. You don't so. have to tell us, Jeff. We know. <laughs> <laughs> See? 
So yeah. when it when it comes to you married up or you stumbled upon uh, <laughs> with your wife and your family and your career having mm-hmm. to pick up, move around, uh, what's that like? Uh, moving churches and stuff like that how do y'all i'm i'm sure you're gonna say you haven't perfectly learned how to get through it but how are you it's hard really moving is tough i mean it it, and it's hard on kids you know we um so um i'll kind of step back and and tell a story with that so we um we when we let's see 2010 um would have been our oldest daughter was eight nine at that point um that's when we moved from kansas city to manhattan kansas and we were there for seven, eight years thinking that this is, and frankly, that was where I grew up. My wife grew up. We were there working at Kansas State. I was at my alma mater. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was kind of a, a ridiculously, you know, kind of nirvana in, in, mm-hmm. in some respects. Um, uh, so, you know, we thought that's where we were going to be. So um, we had sort of settled into that idea. And then when that didn't happen um, in terms of staying and really I, the, the athletic director job came open and I was the interim AD and, you know, thought I was going to get it, wanted to get it, um, and didn't, uh, it was certainly God's will, a very, very difficult thing at the time. Um, but, you know, we, we really struggled. The only thing we struggled with about, okay, what's next? Um, and I could tell more of that story in a little bit, but was the kids mm-hmm. and, you know, what impacts that can have on them. We really worried, but you know, they're, or we get our oldest daughter was going into her junior year in high school mm. and man, there's a lot of weight we carried with that. Um, and I, but I can tell you the, the, uh, we, the impact has been really, really positive on, on our kids and our family. I think we're closer. I think it's, it's really, uh, challenged them to mature and lean on each other and be more outgoing. And, um, it's brought to the surface some things that, well, I don't think we would have ever brought to the surface with our children, you know, had we not gone through those mm-hmm. changes to moving to Florida and then moving here. And, mm-hmm. you know, we told ourselves that in the beginning and told people, hey, it's good for them. Then, and yeah. Like, yeah, okay, it's good for them. But, you know, now we look back and we realize that it really, really yeah. has been. Um, so, so moving is, moving is difficult, but, you know, um, yeah, just being, being grounded in faith and, and then, you know, finding a new church and, um, having those people around you that support you, it, you, it also, it also in many ways reaffirms the, the, you know, the faith and the, yeah. and the, and the foundation that you got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about your, you mentioned your daughters, uh, and your son as well, but, uh, in our conversations, we have a mutual friend mm-hmm. uh, named Joel Klein and shout out if Joel watches this, he probably <laughs> is going to be bored with me by now, but, um, <clears throat> it, you know, Joel and I were talking and he told me a little bit about your daughters going on mission opportunities with his church in, in, in Kansas and, and some stuff like that. So what is your, what have, what have your daughters been involved in or your family, your wife, mm-hmm. uh, you, and so on? Yeah. So, so actually, uh, the way we first got to know Joel, um, was, uh, my wife was a, a social worker on, as a, on a part-time basis in, in Manhattan, Kansas. And Joel lives just outside of, mm-hmm. inside of that. Uh, and they worked together. Um, Joel was doing, uh, some, uh, some work there at the, at the hospital. So mm-hmm. they, they were, you know, co-workers in a sense and my wife when we were in Kansas City got connected with an organization called the Global Orphan Project which mm-hmm. um, does um, mission trips or vision trips as they, as they call them mm-hmm. kind of small mission trips down to uh, now they're all over but um, at that time kind of their 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 basis was Haiti that's where mm-hmm. they originally got started so um, where we really connected was uh, Joel and his wife went with uh, me and Brandy and my wife and uh, some other friends, one uh, kind of a couple's thing down to, to Haiti. Um, 
And, you know, that's had a huge impact on my, my wife, as you can imagine, because she's done several of these over the years. Um, but then through that, our kids got to know Joel and, and their church and their family. And then they've, they've gone down to um, uh, mission trips down to Arlington every summer. And, you know, the the um arlington texas arlington right. texas excuse yeah. me mm-hmm. um and uh it's been a great experience they still even after we've moved they find a way to mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. save up and get there and 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 spend that time um and it's remarkable how much they look forward to those those experiences even mm-hmm. though they are obviously challenging in a challenging setting and sure. it's you know, smoking hot outside and <laughs> you know, all that stuff um but it's it I, it is uh it's really powerful in terms of impacting um obviously the, the calling of what you're trying to do there yeah. is you know bring jesus to the world but um but the impact on them has been tremendous too just for their perspective and you know because so many of us live in such a you know glorified sheltered world Mm. um that uh you know for them to see the the challenges that are out there and that you know what other people struggle with i think it brings a level of humility and and um and grace that you know just wouldn't wouldn't be there otherwise you know right that kind of answers a question i had in the back of my mind there's a lot of people that kind of have like a more small town mindset or even small America or just America centered mindsets. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you have to go over there? You know, there's people here. How would you, you kind of spoke to it there, but how would you elaborate to that just a little bit more? You know, I think there's, uh, there's needs everywhere, you know? And so I think you can, like, uh, like us, we, we do like the sport things in the States and, and, and abroad as well. And it's, it's, it's like anything else when it comes to faith, it's where you're called, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and God has an amazing way of, of, you know, spreading the tentacles to all kinds of different places. And, you know, through those relationships, he connects us yeah. and, you know, you got to just follow, follow that, follow the heart and see, see where he's leading you. And, but there's, there's, there's too much need everywhere. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it's right to neglect one over the other. Yeah. Know? It's important to be obedient and, and, you know, I think that's what I like is that a lot of times we go initially because it may be fun or, or whatever, but then you get there and you're, you're sweating, you know, and, or you're experiencing difficult cultures or situations or, uh, you know, we had a trip where uh, several years ago where some college students went to Haiti and uh, they had their stuff taken from them, wallets and things like that. And, and, mm-hmm. You know, they came back going, I want to go again. And you're going, okay, you just told me how terrible this trip was. They go, no, but the need is great, and God's called us to do this. And so they they all have some heart for especially orphans or or refugees or things of that nature. And Mm -hmm. so their calling is sometimes through the fire yeah and you really get a heart for it and you know you um what it's it's an incredibly um humbling experience to go to like to for haiti into haiti and and see the faith that they have Mm -hmm. that just it it crushes my faith yeah i mean the, the level of you know their dedication and um, their their joy in mm. the midst of nothingness, you yeah. know, it's it's incredible to see. So you you really come out of it, um, you know. I think we're more affected than you know by them than they are by us. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. Well, uh, Laird, we talked about a lot of things. I thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been an awesome episode of the podcast. Just hearing about your life and how you live out your faith and where you're at and where you're called to be. Um, as far as young adults are concerned, we talked about, you know, a lot of different things here, but mm-hmm. is there a, a challenge that you would give uh, to young adults as they transition out of college or they're working at this time in their life? 
Um, just reiterating what I said, you know, just embrace where you're at and, um, you know, let, let, uh, enjoy the adventure, you know, don't, don't try to don't try to get ahead of it and just, you know, the, the seize the day thing is, is important, but mm-hmm. that's not, it's not seize the day and as in let's go party every day and, you know, make the best of every moment in that way. It's, right. it's just really enjoying the little things in life and, you know, the things that I've, that I've found that have been probably um the most impactful on my my life my career my friendships is just you know the true ability to be in the moment with people Mm -hmm. and connect with them directly and you know give them time and and not be distracted by everything else around you but just to really embrace those those relationships and you know that's where joy comes from but it's also where success comes from sure you know people always talk about it's not who you know or it's not what you know it's who you know Mm -hmm. and and it's not just who you know that you know maybe you met at a at a party or you met at some you know network event or whatever it's who you know that that really knows you and yeah. connects with you and um trusts you and will you know those are the kind of things that that you find you can lean on mm-hmm. over the years it and those only come when you're truly invested you know they, they don't come when you're just you know on the surface with people mm-hmm. so you got to let yourself just you know be in be in the moment that's great great advice yeah jeff do you have anything man i, I think you just uh hit the nail on the head i mean it, it really it helps me think about the fact that a lot of students uh, probably miss out on a lot of things because they're trying to think, you know, if I could only do this or I wish I could hurry up and graduate or mm-hmm. I wish I could go ahead and meet somebody or, you know, all the different things that we try to rush through or gain uh, and we don't just enjoy where we are in the process. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I hate to be corny, but there's a movie called Parenthood with Steve Martin a long time ago. <laughs> and there's a part in the end where he's, uh, you know, he's talking about, he's just overwhelmed with everything that's going on in his life with his kids and his wife and his family and all these kinds of things. And, you know, he, you hear roller coaster sounds in the background. Mm-hmm. And he said, <clears throat> he was talking to his mother-in-law, who's just old and senior adult type mindset. And she said, you know, I, I, People love the merry-go-round at the play at the parks, but I like the roller coasters. And then she walked out, and he goes, "She's so weird." And his wife said, "That's the smartest lady I've ever seen." And it's because this. She goes, "The merry-go-rounds are consistently just you know what to expect, and so you don't go outside of what's normal." Mm-hmm. Roller coaster, you're scared to death. Mm-hmm. You, the adventure is there, <laughs> but that's where it is with God. Is when we walk with God, we're never sure what's next. Mm-hmm. But if we trust Him, we'll get off the ride and we'll go. Let's do that again. Mm-hmm. You know. And so I think there's wisdom in being all in through the downs and the ups, yep. trusting God all the way through. That's where so, you know is that's where you see His hand. That's exactly. You look right. back after you, you. You're not going to necessarily see it before. And that's he right. You know, He wants you to live in faith. Yeah. Uh, so. But it's it's incredible the joy that comes from being able to to live it and and embrace it and then be able to look back and and see where yeah. see where his his hand was. That's faith. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's good. It's a lot of great advice, and being the young adult at the table, I feel like it's all pointed towards me, which it is. So I'm, I'm taking mental notes here. I'm just like, hey, I may be guilty of that this morning. God, I'm ready to get out of Memphis. 
<laughs> but uh, Laird, thank you for coming out, man. Yeah, happy to do it. Thanks for having yeah, me. Appreciate your time. Uh, thank you, everybody that's been uh, listening to the podcast and listening uh, and tuning into this episode. You can find more of our episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And uh, if you don't have access to those, you can go to the Long Run Podcast. And if you have any other topics or questions or people you'd like to hear from, feel free to shoot us a message. We'll see you next week.